Ford High School Weekly is brought to you by your Oklahoma Ford dealers. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Welcome to Ford High School Weekly. I'm your host, Dion Amade. You could call this week's show bonus coverage. We're going to revisit a couple of recent guests. We'll talk with the voice of the Jinx Trojans, Don King, about the current state of high school athletics. But first, we'll return to our conversation with Booker T. Washington athletic historian Lamar Burks. Let's start with his memories of getting into BTW games when he was a child. All right, let's go ahead and take it back. I mean, it seems like it's something that's very important to you. But how did you get your start, your your first kind of connection to Booker T. Washington? Actually, I grew up in the neighborhood in the early, late 60s. And in my neighborhood, I was surrounded by great hornies, whether it was Thomas Zachary or Lynn Harding or Pluitt Turner or Reuben Gant. And every kid in that neighborhood, when they reached the high school level, that was their goal to play in athletics with Booker T. Washington. My dad worked for Tulsa Public Schools, and he was the groundskeeper at S.C. Williams Stadium. On Friday nights, uh, a lot of my friends would load up in the back of his truck just so they can get into the game free. And doing that, I did not realize that I was taking my dad's hard work ethic and at the same time saying to myself, one day I would like to be, I would like to go to college as well as play for Booker T. Washington and be a coach. Wow. So I remember those Friday night light games and trying to find ways when you're young to get inside the stadium, when, especially when you didn't have a dollar to your name. So you must have been the, you know, the le- uh, the legend and hero of the neighborhood with the with that free ride. Exactly. You know, a lot of the, the, my classmates in the neighborhood knew that my dad worked for the stadium and like five o'clock or six o'clock. All of a sudden, our doorbell would start ringing. <laughs> Sometimes they would bring a friend with them, like, man, I don't, you know, I just don't know this guy, but my dad would like, you know, let's go. We all get in the truck and he'd give us all a job, like putting the pylons down or putting the yard markers down or checking the bathroom doors. And because after I played on Friday nights, me and several other teammates, we'd go up there and clean up the stadium on Saturdays. Wow. So this even like, so how many of those kids that, you know, got an opportunity to ride with your dad when they were young and be in the back of that truck and help him before the games was actually some of the kids that you played with when you were out there and helped you clean up, you know, the stadium on Saturdays after you played? That uh, it was about half and half. Some continuing into sports, some got into the marching band. So it was about half and half. I have about five or six teammates in my neighborhood that we've been going to school since the kindergarten. And we all wanted to be a harness because they had brothers that were already at Booker T. Washington, leaving their legacy. So can, could you tell us a little bit about uh, Coach S.C. Williams? I mean, I know the, the stadium's, you know, named after him, but what what made him such a great guy? He was probably one of the pioneers of, you know, the north side, when you look back at the yearbooks, every coach from that time period probably played for Booker T. Washington. And when they grew up and went to college and came back, they wanted to follow in the footsteps of S.C. Williams. You know, uh, I remember my junior year, my myself and my teammate, David Nichols, we were having problems with the long snap, you know, getting it back to the holder on the PAT. And S.C. Williams came to our practice one day for about a couple of days and, and tried to school us in the 
how to be a better long snapper because we would we would run from that job. It was part of the center's job, but we would actually run from it. And he, you know, he bought us a weighted ball and everything. And I was thinking back one day, while well, I wish I still had that weighted ball, that could be in the museum. Man, it, it really could. So, like, if you can remember now, what were the specific things that he was kind of teaching you guys and what did he use the weighted ball for? The weighted ball probably to make your arm stronger as you, you know, made that exchange from where it's on the ground to 13 yards back to the quarterback. That's what they were saying, you know. Lacey, Lacey would always call those mama's boys. He would say, like, some of you guys, y'all are weak. You know, y'all need to wrestle to get out there by yourself because you're dependent on the, the guards next to you. But if you get out there and wrestling, there's nobody to depend on but yourself. And, and he also said it would make you quicker in your feet. And uh, at a banquet honoring Coach Lacey, I said, Coach Lacey, I did what you said. I got involved in a sport. It made me quicker on my feet. It made me out there where I can't depend on anybody but my own because the sport I chose was tennis. And he, I don't think he liked that, you know. But, <laughs> but but at the same time, Mr. Lacey started tennis and wrestling at Booker T. Really? So so I mean, you this is the second time that you've mentioned tennis in this interview from a teammate, you know, going to go play tennis to keep right. in shape. You played a little tennis. What what was the what's the story behind all that? Again, as a sophomore, you had to be a superstar to even suit up on Friday nights on the football team. And that was a big honor. Lacey chose four or five guys off the JV to suit up that lets you know you were a part of the future. So I got together with about five of my teammates. I said, you know what, man, we're not going to play on the varsity this year. I said, but what we can do, we can play tennis and we could earn that letter for our letter jacket. And we could be some of the few guys walking on campus with a letter as a sophomore. And that's how we all started playing tennis. Hey, that's headsy thinking right there. <laughs> that's how it worked out real well. Next up, Coach Burke talks about some Booker T. Washington two sports stars. There it is, Felix Jones showing his athletic ability. And a corner coaching legend when Ford High School Weekly right continues. There. I don't know if he called it. He's smiling running down the court, Felix Jones. Welcome back to Ford High School Weekly. We're talking with Lamar Burks, Booker T. Washington Hornets historian. We asked him about the depth of the talent that was part of the success enjoyed by the Hornets. With those, you know, with that resource and, and those abilities to have those many, that many players and that many athletes, you, you mentioned only one or two individuals that you said played on both the, you know, the football and the basketball were kind of great at both. Who were some of those individuals that were, that stood out to you that played both sports and were just pretty dominant at, during their time? Yeah, yeah, that's an easy question. The Lockets. Aaron and his dad and his uncle, uh, Reuben Gant, John Winesbury. A lot of guys would specialize in one sport, but Mr. Lace would always say, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And that means try every sport because the sport you didn't think you were good at, that may be the one you get a scholarship. I wish so much that I had to play tennis like a, as a sixth grader, you know, but I only played it for two years just to get that letter just to get that MVP trophy. And, I, and once I won a state in championship football, I got lazy. I don't play tennis no more. But that basketball program, uh, uh, William Tisdale, Barry Switzer offered him a scholarship when he saw him and said, you need to play come, you need to play tight end for me. 
in William Tisdale, coach. I haven't played football since junior high school. Son, I will give you a I'm here to re, we're here to recruit your brother as a basketball player, but I will give you a scholarship today. When I was a coach, Coach Nate Harris put Felix Jones in as a, as a freshman or sophomore, and he went down and dunked on somebody like nobody's business. Uh, Ryan Humphrey, he was an outstanding linebacker, but he chose football, basketball because he was like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, he could yeah. have been a tight end. Jamal West on that outstanding freshman team. He went to TU as a two-sport athlete in football and basketball and then finally just said, I'm going to focus on basketball. Charles Davis, the quarterback, it's, it goes on and on and on. When you think about these these great players from the past, were they were they individuals that took initiative or were there coaches and, and different mentors and individuals or, you know, players before them that had to show them the way to be, you know, an individual that would do those extra stadium steps, watch that extra film? Or did some of them all just like have that, you know, innate instinct that I this is what I need to do to get to the top? You know, it, it was a little bit of both. Some of them were natural uh, and when I played, they called it junior high. And ironically, the Booker T coaches were our PE teachers in junior high. So I'm sure they were passing the notes to Coach Lacey that, hey, we got a guy in our PE class this next year. He's going to be a star. And his name is the same name as probably your star right now. And as you grew up, you always emulated somebody that was on that team. I mean, we emulated people all the way to the way they put their shoulder pads on, you know, what kind of face mask they had on their helmet, you know, what kind of uh, thigh pads they had on their side. I want to be like so-and-so. I'm emulating so-and-so. I'm going to wear two sweatbands, you know, on my wrist. You know, Coach Lacey was not a guy that favored stars. When I played, Joe Namus probably was the only one in America that wore white shoes. And one of our star players, since he thought he was a star, he thought Mr. Lacey was going to let him white, wear white shoes, but no, you got to take them off. You can't even wear them in practice. You know, I'm going to keep you as a team player. And if I let you do, I mean, Coach Lacey would not even let us braid our hair. You know, we weren't uh, drilled like, like uh, Bear Bryant, but in the seventies, it might've been the same kind of deal because we worked. And when you checked in the practice every day, um, I don't care if you fell in a class earlier that day or you got to go to work that night for two and a half, three hours. You had to give it your all or you was going to be on the bench. And once you got on the bench, it was hard to get your position back. I, 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 can, I, can, I can imagine. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they were locked. You know, he, he'd probably take the top two sophomores from every junior high and you probably suit up, and then some he'd say, well, we're stocked with halfbacks, so we're just going to let you stay on the JV and let you just show true grit, work hard. But we already know you're going to be our future. We're not going to tell you that. We're going to work you just as hard until you, have, you haven't done a whole lot. But you'll know that next year, if you're not, a, if you're not on the varsity as a junior, you might want to try another sport. <laughs> What is the legacy of Booker T. Washington Hornets athletics? Coach Burks will answer that question when Ford High School Weekly continues.
Welcome back to Ford High School Weekly. We're talking to Lamar Burks from the Booker T. Washington Legacy of Champions documentary, something that everybody's looking forward to see. Coach, there's there's so much that you know we could talk about, we could go to with Booker T. Washington and this fine establishment and athletic program, but what does Booker T. Washington mean to you and what does it mean to the community of Tulsa? I read a lot of, you know, magazines and after probably our first story in a magazine, the writers stated that Booker T arguably has probably the largest sports achievement in the state of Oklahoma, which I knew without, you know, really counting, but I'm like, wow, that's really deep. That's a really profound statement. And everywhere I go, my wife and I, Jackie Burke, she went to Booker T, she ran track, played basketball, her daughter was a four-time state champion at Central, where I taught for 17 years. We collect, and you know, I've got bricks from every Booker T. Washington High School in America. I've probably been to all their locker rooms and their trophy cases. And it amazes me to see like, wow, I mean, I'm not just bragging about BTW Tulsa, Oklahoma, but this school, it, it stands on its own. You, I've talked to guys who were in service in Japan and on their off days, they might be walking around with a Booker T. Washington T-shirt on. Somebody out of nowhere says, excuse me, man, let me talk to you for a minute. Is that Booker T. Washington, Tulsa? Yeah, way up in Japan. You're like, wow. I mean, it, you know, in, our, in our school song, it says, everywhere you go, people want to know who we are, so we tell them. We are the Hornets, the mighty, mighty Hornets. And, and the person that wrote that song the 1913, 1921, 1925, whenever they wrote it, 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 it apparently came from being around, riding buses, singing the school song, and she just put it into words. We are the proud of the great Southwest. Coming up next, Don King, the voice of the Jinx Trojans. We'll talk to him about high school athletics in the state of Oklahoma, next on Ford High School Weekly. Welcome back to Ford High School Weekly. We are sitting here with the great Don King. And while I have him here, might as well get an opportunity to, to ask some questions about his opinion about how sports are going in the state of Oklahoma as he's sitting live in the, the great Don King man cave that everybody, that, I mean, <laughs> I've been wanting to see this thing for a while. And it's, it's man, it's really cool to see that drop behind you. I tell you what, sometime this summer when you're doing the uh, your radio show with uh, one of uh, my uh, protégés, uh, Jeremy Poplin, we will do the radio show from here and uh, put a lot of pictures on uh, Twitter and, and on the on the radio station uh, uh, Twitter account. That'll be fun. I can't wait, man. That's gonna, that's going to be a spectacle, man. My Instagram is going to be flooded with stories <laughs> about that one. <laughs> well, again, while we have you here, I mean, I know you got a bunch of like stories and and, and you know history books and stats back there. So, what is your thoughts on how you know Oklahoma sports are going these days and and and, and football specifically? Well, I was uh, extremely pleased this uh, this season with uh, the progress as we talk about the large schools, first of all, in football. I was really pleased with the progress that uh, the large schools in uh, Oklahoma City made. I thought they had some, some great competition over there. They had more competition for the east side of the state, even though east side will win the 6A-1 uh, uh, football championship. I think the West side is making great progress 
in at the higher levels of the football classes. Uh, they've always been good at the at the 5A levels on down, and I think that's uh, that's encouraging for the larger schools to make the progress that they have. I'm extremely excited uh, to see what uh, where these players go. As you as you talk to so many of them, and I watch that every week and get to know these young men and ladies a little bit better. It's fun to hear about their lives and and where they want to go to school. You know, Dion, um, now with all the social media that we have, kids want, in my opinion, kids don't want to stay as close to home as uh, as they used to. I think now they want to get out of the state of Oklahoma or get away from home and, and go to a college that intrigues them. And I, even though I was not that way, uh, I can see how that would be exciting for them. And so I'm excited to see where a lot of these uh, kids go on to play their collegiate uh, sport, whether it's softball, volleyball, football, and then get into the winter sports and see some of the great basketball players we're about to see. Yeah, you never know where life might take you. I mean, I grew up in the state of Texas, and here I am right. in Oklahoma because of the Oklahoma State you know, program and everything that they provided me. And with that being said, I mean, let's, let's lean into the whole, you know, college aspect of things. Recently, uh, the OSSAA announced that they would be doing NIL for high school athletes in the state of Oklahoma. Wanted to get your opinion on the matter and what you thought about the decision that the OSSAA made. And yeah. did you think, what what was your thoughts on it? Well, I think the OSSAA has, uh, you know, they've, I, I have to give them some credit. They have uh, come forward, stepped forward, and uh, put some guidelines out there. And so I give uh, David Jackson and his group uh, some credit for, for taking the first step and, and really being uh, pretty aggressive on this deal. There's still a lot to decide. There's still a lot to determine uh, when the first NIL deal is going to happen. And I have a pretty good it's just my hunch. I think it's going to happen maybe not this next season, but I have a feeling we will have a football player in the metro area that will have already committed to a school in 2024 and will say, I'm foregoing my senior year in high school to because of my NIL deal and because of my college I'm going to. I'm not going to say who I think it's going to be, obviously, but I think it's going to be a Tulsa metro player that in 2024 uh, will decline playing his senior year in football and then the domino will fall. Um, so I, I look forward to, to seeing if that's going to be the case. I, I think it's uh, it's here to stay. Uh, everything, uh, everything is cyclical. I mean, you look at what colleges have done with the transfer portal. portal it's now gone to the high school level. Look how many kids we had transfer uh, from one school to another in football this past season. And some kids even transferred during the season. I find that really uh, odd and um, surprising and confusing. But then again, uh, it's up to the parents. I mean, if the, if the parents feel that their kids aren't getting the, the best shake or uh, need to go to another school, then uh, so be it. That's their decision. But it was interesting how many kids we had transferred before the season and how many transferred uh, during the season.
you see these games and after the games, especially the kids are kind of, you know, going up to their buddies who go to a different school and giving them, you know, high fives and hugs and after the game and everything. And it's like, how do those guys before, you know, you only knew the kids that you grew up with and that went to your high school other than some of the kids from the rival school that you might've played sports with and all through growing up. But now they all know each other. Yeah. And we wouldn't have dreamed of uh, conversing with some of those guys. Right. I mean, we were, we were enemies growing up and playing in a small town. Obviously, those were your guys. And, and even since the AAU has uh, mushroomed to where these metro areas, you're, you're melding a lot of these players from different schools, different backgrounds, growing up, different neighborhoods, they're playing together. So obviously, they get to know each other. And they know each other a lot better once they get to junior high and high school than we ever did, uh, you know, uh, even uh, 20 years ago. One of the reasons I, I kind of think it's going towards that trajectory is, I mean, the, the the training for sports now is so intense. It's so, you know, so, so much de- more demanding for these kids because they know what they have to do to get to the next level and be who they want to be and, you know, excel the way they want to excel on the, you know, the practice field and on the game field on Friday. So, What's your thought process of how, you know, these kids train differently now? Well, the training is uh, phenomenal. I mean, it's uh, it's it's so much like a college uh, college team. I mean, you look at the facilities that a lot of these uh, programs have is uh, is phenomenal. I'm talking from three A schools on up uh, is. I mean, it's never been this good. Right. And so the training and. Um, you know, also every school has to have an athletic trainer. You have to have a trainer on site during all college on all their high school events. So the training, the nutrition is another thing. Uh, they're all about nutrition. I think Owasso even has their own nutritionist uh, that's on board with regard to their uh, some of their programs. So it's just amazing how uh, how much is advanced with regard to the training and the nutrition for these athletes. Remember, guys, only the best in Oklahoma, like Lamar Burks and Don King, make the Ford High School Weekly. So thank you for watching, and until next time, I'm Dion Amade. Ford High School Weekly has been brought to you by your Oklahoma Ford dealers. Ford is the best in Oklahoma.